Hello and welcome to the Feast and Be Filled podcast. My name is Joey Schwartz and this show is all about helping followers of Jesus feast on the word and be filled with the spirit. In this episode, we're wrapping up our series with a challenge for you. God doesn't just want you to use your gift. He calls you to help others use their gifts too. That's where we're going. Let's get started. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Live Full. We are at the end of our series, Use Your Gift, which lines up with a book that we released on our website called Use Your Gift, which you can get a physical copy of the book. We actually, we originally were planning on just doing physical and it's, I'll get into this a little bit more later, but it's interesting how the Holy Spirit has moved through even from the beginning of us recording the series to the end in a lot of different ways. One of those ways is some conviction that, you know what, it would be helpful for example, um, brothers and sisters who because of, you know, vision impairment can read on Kindle better than in paper or even international folks that brothers and sisters serving internationally where a Kindle delivery is easier than a paper delivery. All that to say the, the Lord has kind of changed direction where we are, we're still uh, have books in stock ready to ship but also we have a Kindle option as well if if you're a Kindle. So if you are a Kindle uh, reader and you love Kindle, you are also welcome at the table of Live Full. And we have a copy of Use Your Gift for you. You can get that book at livefull.org slash book. That's livefull.org slash book. They're in stock and then we ship them pretty much within like two or three days and Postal service takes it from there. It, it's actually been encouraging. Postal service, I've been encouraged by. It's like maybe one or two days in the mail. Um, anyway, there's my most people who have been in this for a long time. Like they know all this stuff. This is brand new for me. So I'm like, go postal service. They're handling. <laughs> they're delivering. They're doing their thing. Um, so we're coming to the end of our series. Use your gift, and it's interesting because when we, Cassie, when we originally plotted out this series. What I was planning on, what we were planning on doing was, first of all, eight episodes, and then we were planning on finishing a uh, the series with an episode on prophecy. But the Lord is really... E- so just for you, listener, if you've been tracking with this series, a little bit of uh, back background, we recorded the first six episodes, what was it, Cassidy? Maybe like a month and a half ago? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And when we recorded, I was really close to the end of the essentially what I thought was the manuscript for the book. So it gave me enough confidence to be like, yeah, we can record and do chapter by chapter and it's going to line up. Well then, and I I talk about this a little bit more in the book, but when we got to the last week of me finishing up the first draft, Kelly and I had been expecting a child. And then that Monday found out that we had a miscarriage and the Lord did so much uh, work through that suffering and trial, which I don't have time and space to share here. But one of the fruits of that uh, that suffering and that loss was after that loss that week, that last week when I was writing the first draft, I then, through totally through the guidance and leading of the Holy Spirit, essentially rewrote the book. So 80%, about 80%, I'd say, of the book that is being released to people in print was written after our podcast conversation after that miscarriage. And a lot of, I think the reason why the Lord led me into that, I believe is that there was a unique power that was available from him in my weakness Mm -hmm. and in my suffering. And it really was astounding to see the Holy spirit carry me through that writing process. And he he truly gets glory. I feel like I died and the Lord just raised me up with resurrection power. Mm. So uh, a couple of impl- implications of that. Number one, if you're listening to this series step by step or episode by episode and you're like reading the book alongside it and you're wondering, wait, this episode didn't align with that chapter. Well, that's why. Because after we recorded the podcast Essentially, I went through this whole experience where the Lord led me to 
rewrite most of the book. And while there is plenty of overlap sometimes in the chapters, but very much so in all, a lot of the content that we cover in the podcast, you're going to find in the book, but it doesn't have that exact kind of matching that we had planned for Mm -hmm. because truly, and that that's the second point is that the Holy spirit really has had a better plan. And you go into a ministry, live full and start a ministry that's all about feasting on the word and be filled with the spirit of seeing the Holy Spirit move you uh, every single moment of the day, keeping in step with him. And you as a board member, Cassidy, and someone who's been involved in just a lot of projects that we've done for Live Full, you have seen up close that God has brought that vision down to the details of mm-hmm. Live Full, where mm-hmm. every single thing that we do, it feels like often the Holy Spirit will shift this and move this and almost bring our vision down to the very details and say, are, do you really want to follow me mm-hmm. into the into the details? Even when you have a plan and it seems great, but it's just gonna it's gonna be different. And he's done that and he's been so faithful to do it. And we've experienced the joy of that. Mm-hmm. The, the book, it, it's a better, it's a 10 times better book um, had I not gone through mm. that suffering because mm. of the power that God gave through mm. it. Oh, that's so good, Joey. Something I love about getting to watch the book come together and, and what you're describing right now is really watching you stay in step with the Holy Spirit, which is really hard to do when when plans change. And I love that we're talking about spiritual gifts. We're doing a series on spiritual gifts, but we keep coming back to who is God as the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit there, he, he is the giver of, he's giving spiritual gifts, but we don't want to just be sensitive to him in the spiritual gifts. We want to be sensitive to him all the time, all the time. And I just got to watch your sensitivity to the spirit and, even changing the the chapters of the book and that whole process and staying in step with him was really worshipful to see and excited for what is to come. Yeah. Thank you, sister. And Cassidy, I'll say it to have a partner and a sister in the recording of this series who was not just open to following the Holy spirit, but eager for the spirit to redirect us. That helps so much when I would reach out to you and say, Hey, I think, I think this chapter that we were going to do is going to be different or I feel like I actually might need more time to discern, like, where is the Lord leading us in that? So to have, have someone working in it with me, who, who's just not just open, but eager for the Holy spirit to lead has been so helpful. And one of the uh, implications of that change was the original plot of the book, even in the first manuscript of the book, was it had uh, a chapter at the end, it was maybe chapter seven or chapter eight that we were going to cover and record on earnestly desiring uh, to prophesy. So out of first Corinthians 14 and kind of ending with a charge toward that direction. And what was so interesting is when I did that second draft, like the final draft and I wrote uh, the immersion plan, two chapters on the immersion plan, which it, um, which we covered in the last episode a little Mm -hmm. bit. We touched on the immersion plan. As you are hearing now, it wasn't fully complete when we recorded it. So what we recorded on last week actually turned into two chapters. And and the immersion plan, which you're going to find in the book, it just is helping you take what can feel like this really big theoretical concept of spiritual gifts and just begin to in line with scripture, start to take real steps in your life toward practicing it. And we have a a version at the end of the book that you can just fill out in your book. We have a version online that you can go to and print out as well. That's free, but it's, it's, that's the immersion plan. What happened when I was writing the book is I got to the end of chapter seven and I was planning, actually started writing this chapter on prophecy and felt as I was mid chapter, just the Holy spirit, press on my heart. Like this is for another book. And it felt like chapter, the end of chapter seven was essentially really the end of the the meat of use your gift. And that didn't settle right with me at first because I was thinking, no, I don't, I don't want practicing the gifts to be like step one JV and then prophecy to be 
step two, varsity, because Paul is speaking to all the Corinthians, young and old, new and mature, when he tells them in 1 Corinthians 14, to earnestly desire to prophesy. So I didn't want to have two separate books where it's like, if you are just getting into things, use your gift. If you're you know, really after the Lord, then earnestly desire to prophesy. But I, I felt like just the wisdom of the Lord through the Holy Spirit. When I finished that chapter seven, the Holy Spirit was like, there, there's maybe a final chapter for you to call believers into action, but the content, the meat of this book is, is done. So what I take that as, and, and um, we're starting this episode with a good, long kind of you listeners who have made it now to episode number seven, that's covering chapter eight of the book, as you've been tracking with us, just letting you really into mm-hmm. the whole process of the book, what that has done is it has produced a book that I really believe is for any believer from any stage. So in, in Use Your Gift, it's really going to be an overview of how to know, practice, and use your gifts. And there's so much more room to go. There's so much more we can explore in the gift of mercy, the gift of generosity, the gift of prophecy, especially the gift of prophecy. There's so much more room to go. And I hope in future resources, maybe books, podcasts, articles, mm-hmm. that we can dive deeper and deeper and deeper. But what you're going to find in Use Your Gift is really something. I wrote it so that you could hand it to any Christian Mm-hmm. And they can read it and get a good sense of how to know, practice, and grow in their spiritual gift. And that's kind of that. That was the fine. That's what the Lord produced. I think that was from the Lord. I think He wanted something that could be for really anybody. Um, so, in light of that, what I said was, we finished chapter. I finished chapter seven and felt like the Lord was saying the the meat of this book is done. But there's one final call mm-hmm. that I want you to give to believers. And where that led us was to chapter eight, which is called uh, the name of the chapter is stir. And it comes right out of Hebrews 10, verses 24 through 25. So Cassie, would you start us off moving into what this episode is all about? Would you start us off by reading Hebrews 10, 24 through 25? Starting in verse 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but in but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Yeah. The final call of this series and of the book is to enter into the ministry of provoking Mm -hmm. your brothers and sisters into practicing their gifts. I'll say that again. The final call of this series and of this book is to enter into the ministry of provoking, provoking your brothers and sisters to practice their gift We've covered many times in this series the parable of the talents where one servant is faithful to invest and make a return for the master. The other does the same, but the third servant is what the master says, uh, lazy and wicked, and he just buries the talent in the ground. Well, if you take that met, uh, that parable and apply it to the practice of the spiritual gifts, for you, think about it for yourself. If you are after, if you're really after and hungering for maximum return from the master, if that is what your mind is after, not even primarily about your gift, although God is going to use your gift, but primarily about the master who's made the investment getting maximum return. If that's your zeal, if that's your fire, then you're not just going to be content with you individually practicing your gift and investing it faithfully. Mm -hmm. If you're after maximum return for the master, you're going to go out of your way to ensure that all of his servants are also making a return on his investment Mm -hmm. because that's what you're after. You want, when the master comes, you want all of his servants to come back and not just say, Hey, here's what you buried in the ground and you can have it again, like the third servant, but to say, master, you gave me this. And by your power, I made much of it. And for him to get glory through it. I love what the the translation in the KJV, uh, the ESV, it uses the word stir. Let us is it stir or spur? Yeah, it's stir, stir which is actually, that's the name of the chapter. But what I actually use even more so in the content of the chapter is straight out of the KJV. And it, uh, the specific word is, let us provoke one another mm-hmm. to love and to good works. Let us provoke. Stir can kind of have this gentle connotation like, I don't, you know, I'm just going to speak into this and I'm, I'm just going to gently encourage this. 
what I love about the word provoke is I think about it in this way. Imagine a teenager that is, sorry, I, I know that there are many responsible teenagers out, the, out there in the world, but this is going to be a very stereotypical image of a teenager. So I'm not knocking teenagers, but a teenager sleeping in and they're just laying on the bed. They're not moving. They're not doing anything with the life that God has given them. They're just laying there. They're sleeping. And you imagine going to them and you're kind of, you know, you stir, and you, you know, kind of pat the pillow. Come on, come on, get up. I mean, you know, trying to stir them up. And what, what is a teenager going to do if you try to just stir them up? No, go away, go away. I'm sleeping I'm sleeping. So what do you have to do in order to get a teenager up like that? You got to provoke. I'm talking, you got to put your elbow <laughs> in their ribs. Mm-hmm. You got to pour some water. You got to take a cold pitcher of water and pour it on the teenager's mm-hmm. head. You've got to, you have to do the hard work of almost graciously because you love them and you want them to make much of the life that God's given them. You got to jab a little bit mm-hmm. just out of love. And I think of Ephesians where Paul, it's he's talking about in Ephesians 4, how the whole body grows up into the fullness of Christ. And when does the body grow up into the fullness of Christ? He says, when each part is working properly, mm-hmm. when the body is active, then right after that, and I believe in Ephesians 5, what does he say? He says, awake, O sleeper, mm-hmm. and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Mm-hmm. If the call of the church is for every single member to be working properly, and you, brother, you, sister, are looking at the church and seeing, it actually looks as though the church is sleeping. The body members are not moving. Maybe there's you know one part that's moving a lot, but the rest are sleeping. And if that's the case, we need to be zealous, not just for ourselves to move, but actually to be a vessel of provoking the whole body to awake and in awaking, in practicing the gifts, to find the fullness of Christ on the other side. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to dive into for you what this episode is all about. If you are in, if you're taking all this material in, the book podcast, and you're going from here and, and just saying, I'm in a I'm in an environment where this is hard. This is going to be tough to start moving. I don't really sense a lot of movement out of here. What what we want to talk about in this episode is some ways that you can begin to provoke others into obedience mm-hmm. so that you are actually a part of encouraging an environment of mm-hmm. obedience. So mm-hmm. Cassie, I'd love to start with you and maybe your experience in this. The Lord sparked a desire for the spiritual gifts and a desire to practice this um, in your heart. And since then, you've been a part of encouraging people around you mm-hmm. to actually enter into the work with you. Mm-hmm. How have you seen the Lord do that? What have been some difficulties maybe about stepping into that work of provoking? Yeah, let's start there. I would say some some difficulties into provoking. I even, I even go back to what, what made it hard for me when I first was learning about the spiritual gifts and, and trying to walk in them, what was even keeping me from that. And a lot of it was uh, suspicion, suspicion over the spiritual gifts and what they were for. And, who was practicing them. And so I even go back to early on in these things. I, I, in some ways perceived others trying to practice these things as like a threat, like a threat to, Mm. to me. And when I think about it, I think about that's like saying like the pinky toe trying to play its part in the body is a threat to the rest of the body. Mm -hmm. Like, but the pinky toe adds balance to the whole body. It's not a threat. He is playing his part. He's trying to help the rest of the body. The hand playing their part, that's not a threat. He is is building up, helping the rest of the body. And what I really go back to is it was a threat to me. I think about myself to my comfort, to my yeah. comfort. Mm-hmm. And at the time I, I didn't fully see that, but spiritual gifts were so foreign to me and, and distant that I was suspicious and they made me uncomfortable. And my first response was, okay, this is, this is not good. Putting caution tape 
on it. And something that actually softened me and softened the the hard soil of my heart to spiritual gifts was watching brothers and sisters practice, practice them. And I think about how distance from things can really create suspicion, but practice brought me up close to the presence of God and up close to manifestations of the spirit practice of other brothers and sisters. And I shared on an earlier episode about a teammate of mine on a mission trip, but watching him walk in the Holy spirit and practice these things left me with seeing Jesus, seeing Jesus and that Jesus can break through suspicion and the Holy spirit is not limited by suspicion he's not bound by it he breaks through it and so where that's kind of led me to now is uh in in desiring to provoke other body parts is is seeing that okay not even suspicion or or other things will keep other body parts from moving like the Holy Spirit can break through that. And what Mm. is the spirit asking me to do to encourage these brothers and sisters to point out the grace of God that I see within them and uh, to, to practice these things and earnestly desire them with my brothers and sisters, even if they're hesitant because God is going to use that because he, he used it in my life. He, uh, he broke through when others practiced, even though I was really hesitant. Yeah. I love what you just covered there. Cause you're talking about two main components that I would put into the category of lifestyle and language lifestyle and language because you start by talking about how distance can actually be what creates suspicion if you haven't seen up close that the power that maybe you're fearing from afar actually looks and smells a lot like jesus up Mm -hmm, close mm -hmm. i think that's it right because from afar you can have the question, is is all of these things, the gifts, even though the Bible talks about them, it can be the suspicion, are all these gifts, how do these connect to the Jesus that I love so much, the Jesus I worship, the Jesus I read about in the Bible and hear from in the Word? How do these things connect? But when you see it up close, when you see power up close, then you almost smell the aroma of Christ and say, oh, this is this comes from the Spirit of Christ Mm-hmm. The spirit who has the same character of the Jesus that I adore, but you have to see that up close. And I think of so many believers who are walking in the power of the Holy spirit and in their gifts, their testimony more, the most common testimony that I've heard, it always connects to a person. Mm-hmm. It always connects to a person. Like I hope I earnestly hope that live full as you're listening to this podcast and reading the book will help you find maybe people or get into environments where you can learn, but there's nothing like face-to-face. There's nothing like face-to-face and encountering power. Now, you can think about that in terms of your own growth in the Holy Spirit of, I would really love, I would love that. I'd love to get around people who are uh, desiring the Holy Spirit more than I am. And that's a really good desire. But what I'm talking about here in, in this chapter, Provoke, in this episode, is why don't you do that for somebody else? Mm-hmm. And and you might be thinking, well, I'm not ready to do that because I'm no expert. I don't have I don't have expertise. Like I can't bring somebody into these things. I'm just starting in these things myself. But where it begins is following the Holy Spirit where you are and taking a step. And it might be a little fire right now, and it's contained just within you. But as you start taking steps with the people around you. And you talked about encouraging, you talked about loving them. That fire is going to grow more and more and more and more. I think it's Robert Coleman who says, one living example is better than a thousand sermons, I believe. And that that line can be stretched in some ways because sermons are important. Imparting doctrine is important. Teaching the word is important. But when it comes to kingdom power, like mm-hmm. experiencing prophecy, tongues, healing, miracles, and as we've said, experiencing someone who is operating with leadership, administration, helping, service by the power of the Holy Spirit. When it comes to experiencing power, 
there is nothing like seeing it up close. One living example is better than a thousand sermons. And I, something to watch out for, for you as you're thinking about this is making judgments beforehand about the kind of people who would be receptive to it and the kind of people who wouldn't like, Mm -hmm. okay, I, I want to start listening to the Holy spirit and speaking that, but I can do it with that group of people, but I can't do it with that group of people. And I would just encourage you to let the Holy spirit be the judge of that. And you focus on following his lead and doing whatever he calls you to do. And I think you might be surprised because like I said, when Christians who are suspicious of the gifts from afar see and sense Jesus through his power up close, their hearts become actually more softened. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what we're talking about. Softened people's hearts by encouraging them and loving them. Mm -hmm. But the second part of what you talked about, you talk about lifestyle of living it. And by the way, I'm, uh, something we talk about in the book is a really simple thing that you can do to begin in this. If you're thinking, well, how, what does that even look like to start living it? Just very simply, here's where you can begin is when you're in conversation with people, when you're in conversation with a brother or sister, just start asking the Holy Spirit, God, do you have anything to give to me that I need to give to mm-hmm, them? Mm-hmm. You're just, all you're beginning to do is starting to cultivate the heart of a minister where your faith does not exist just for you, but where you are empowered as a minister to invest in others. Mm-hmm. Just ask that question very simply as you're around people and then obey him. Start to fall on the side of faith. Just go for it and let him refine and test and sift as you go. But obey the Lord in that way. The second thing, that's lifestyle. The second thing you talked about was language. Language. And what I mean by that is as you're having conversations with people, they're going to, if you're living it, they're going to see power in you. They're going to see there's something different about Cassidy and her walk with Jesus. There's something different about Rob. There's something different about Sarah. Like the way they listen, the Holy Spirit is just different. What you do when you align your language with scripture, when it comes to the gifts is you're showing them how, what they're seeing actually connects with the Bible Mm -hmm. and therefore why they need it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And they can't, because some, People are, are, there's going to be people who will put you in a corner and say that you're the exception, even, and it might be very flattering, man. I'll go back to Rob and, and Sarah, fictional characters and Rob, he, he just really listens to the Holy spirit. That's the kind of Christian he is. He's just really spiritual and they'll compartmentalize Rob and say, he's kind of, he's different. Whereas the call of the Holy Spirit in the scriptures is for every single Christian to Mm -hmm, work properly, mm -hmm. every single Christian to be filled, Mm -hmm. every single Christian to be ministering. So when you start to not just receive that, like, yeah, I am, I am set apart. I am different and kind of take that as flattery and say, no, 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 no. You have the Holy Spirit. And let me actually watch your life and start to, even if it's just this dim flame, start to say, no, you, I see Mm -hmm. the gift of teaching in you. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about language. I, I affirm the gift of encouragement in you. I've seen the way that you read the Bible and I feel like there's a fire in there that God wants to bring out. Mm-hmm. Fan that into flame. Mm-hmm. And something you might be asking as you're listening to this is, why is it so important that I use, like that language could put people off. Why is it so important that I specifically say to the brothers and sisters around me, you have the gift of blank or I see potentially you don't have to have hundred percent confidence in it. You can, you can speak like I, I, I see God maybe potentially developing this and you bring that before the Lord test that. Why is it important that we use that language in specific? Couldn't I just say, Hey, you're good at reading the Bible or I'm really encouraged by you or you're, you're just a great guy or a great girl or whatever. The reason why it's important that you use a language is I go back to second Timothy one where Paul says, fan into flame mm-hmm. the gift of God that is in you. He doesn't say, fan into flame the character that God has given you. Fan into flame the lifestyle God's given you. Fan into flame the, the service that God has given you. He shoots an arrow right at the gift, and he says, you got to practice your gift. And if you don't practice your gift, it's like the third servant. You're being lazy. You're burying what God has called you to invest. So you got to fan that in flame. I go to first Timothy four, where Paul says that 
He says, don't neglect the gift that uh, which you have, which was given you mm-hmm. through the laying on of hands. And it actually says, mm-hmm. given you through prophecy mm-hmm. when the council of elders laid their hands on you. They're gathering around and even a, an elder speaks a prophetic word over Timothy that the Holy Spirit uses to give him a gift. Mm-hmm. That's the proverb says, death and life are in the power of mm-hmm. the tongue. When a sister who has the gift of mercy or a brother who has the gift of evangelism is kind of wandering and dabbling in their gift, burying it, but not investing. Mm -hmm. And you go to them and say, sister, you have the gift of mercy, fan it into flame. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You are responsible. Like that's a call. You're not called. We we mentioned this in the book. You're not called to do everything. Mm -hmm. You're not called to fulfill every need. You're not even called to be obsessed with the need. You're called to be obsessed with the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. with the Spirit of Christ. You're called to be obsessed with Jesus. You're called to be obsessed with God the Father. You're called to be Mm -hmm. consumed with God himself. Mm -hmm. And he has a really great idea of where there are needs and Mm -hmm. what your role is in fulfilling it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. call people in to just to seeing that they have a gift and they are actually obligated, confined to using that gift where if they invest it, they're being faithful. And if they're not, they're neglecting the gift that Mm -hmm. is in them. I think about even in my own life, when others started to point out the gifts in me, how much even them encouraging me and I see the spirit working in you in this way um, and in prophecy in, in this way or in teaching in this way that it, it provoked me. It's, it actually did something inwardly to me, not just head knowledge, but where I was moved by the spirit to be provoked and stirred up into love and in good works uh, by my brothers and sisters loving they were loving me by pointing these things out and it actually opened my eyes to some of the ways that I was neglecting like the gifts of God given to me because in part for me I, I wasn't believing I wasn't believing that God had given me gifts and my brothers and sisters calling that out it in me didn't lead me to think wow i'm i'm really awesome like it didn't yeah. lead me to remember how awesome i am it led me to remember the grace of god coming back to even when we went into the definition of spiritual gifts they are given by grace and you are actively playing a part in other brothers and sisters remembering the grace of God, remembering yes. the grace of God that is in them, remembering the grace of God that gives spiritual gifts, that has given us salvation, that is poured out on us richly, that is a well that will never stop. The waters come flowing and that well pours out on even the deepest droughts of unbelief and suspicion or uh, neglecting the gift. God's well of grace bubbles over and and I, I think about how God, I, I see his kindness in doing that through the, the family of God yeah. and through other members of the body provoking things in me that now I'm able to build others up in a way that God sees fit, that it, it's humbling to think I can't, I'm an eye. I can't, I'm, yeah. I can't be can't the be whole everything. body. And then when we realize we can't be the whole body, it gives this urgency, this urgency of this is God's design that we are each a part and he assembles each part as he sees uh, fit. And we, we need to, to provoke, provoke is, is action. It is action. And, and we need to do that. And with urgency of it is only when every part is working properly, that we will grow into the head of Jesus, into the fullness of Jesus. And that's what I want more than anything. I want to be like Jesus. Like I want to look more like him and, and it is, it's, it's just, it's humbled me to be like, I am 
I am not the whole body, but what does that leave me with? I need to provoke the other parts. And if others are neglecting their gifts, would that not lead me to neglect my gifts, but lead me to provoke these other members? What we're touching on is there are two ways that you can see and notice a Christian that is not using their spiritual gift. There may, may be more, but there's at least two. One is inaction. Someone who is not doing anything. They're not serving. What we call in the book, the, they're, they're moocher. They have a moocher mentality or a maintainer mentality. They're not operating as ministers. They're, not, they're taking in, but they're not giving to the church um, in, with what God's given them. So inaction. But that, and, and that's probably what comes most to our mind. But the second way that you can spot someone who's neglecting their gift is actually abundant activity. Someone who is busying themselves with so much service, being so consumed with this need and this need and this need and this need and this need, and their eyes are not on the Holy Spirit asking God. It takes humility for some people who are especially doers. It takes humility to come before God and say, I'm not God. I'm not omnipotent. You are. I'm not omniscient. You are. Mm -hmm. And so today, instead of trying to be God and do everything everywhere, I choose to submit to you to receive the portion from you that you've given me, which is my, your love, first of all, and my call and my gift and the good works that you prepared for me beforehand mm-hmm. that I should walk in them. Mm-hmm. God has prepared good works for you mm-hmm. to walk in, which means he is not prepared for you to do everything. And for mm-hmm. some people, that's actually where they need to bear their cross. They have to bear the cross of saying, I am a part. I'm not the whole. Mm-hmm. I am a member. I'm not the head. And my goal, my, my aim today is to follow Jesus. So the provoking should go everywhere. I feel like, and, and guess what? When you go to a believer who is doing everything, they're just consumed with abundant activity like Martha. And you say, no, confine, God has given you a call. And what is that call? And maybe like Martha, the call is just, you need to sit for a while. Mm-hmm. Where, where you might think that, that 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 is insulting, what you'll find is it's actually refreshing because they are carrying a heavy yoke of playing a part that they were never meant to play. They were never meant to mm-hmm. carry the full weight of the body. They were meant to contribute mm-hmm. and provoke the rest of the body to contribute. And so go to them, even provoke them, notice the gift and call out where they're not just good at doing things because those people who can do everything are typically good at everything. Try to notice, try to discern through the power of the Holy Spirit, where are they clothed by God to do what is not possible mm-hmm. with man and speak that into them. They'll, they'll find life in it. Mm. I think my encouragement to you, listener, is try this out because I don't, like you said, you said it so well, Cassidy, this isn't just verbal communication. Like if, you, if you're drawing lines between two people, like someone speaking, going to the ear, and then going to the brain, and then that other person speaking, and then going to the ear, and going to the brain. No, words have power. Mm -hmm. They sow something, like a seed, into the hearts of Mm -hmm. the people you're talking to. So when you come to someone and say, when when, when it's led, not by flattery or just your best guess, but it's it's led by humility and the power of the Spirit, God can do a, a 1 Timothy 4 work in our day. He can actually, I believe, Sometimes God wants you to speak something into someone's life because you want, he wants you to affirm that in them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like first Timothy four, he wants you to actually put that in them. Can you believe that you can? And it that this is where it has to be led by the Holy spirit. This is, um, this is a different kind of case, but when the Holy spirit can lead you to prophesy a gift into someone's heart, what? <laughs> and that the key is the Holy Spirit can mm-hmm. lead you. Don't just mm-hmm. go around and say, you like Oprah, you have the gift of this and you have the gift of this and you have the gift of this. No, it has to be led by the Holy Spirit. But I'm just, I'm trying to expand your thoughts of what God can do mm-hmm, through you, mm-hmm. of what God can do through you as you're going throughout your day and you're, you're sometimes we just have throwaway conversations. Mm. Let's just talk about it. How was your weekend? It was good. It was good. And, and, the full plate is filled up with what should be what where small talk should be the side portion. We fill up the whole plate with it. Small talk becomes our talk. Mm. And instead we need Holy spirit talk to be the main course and small talk to be a nice little, I want, I want meat. I'll have a little bit of, you know, broccoli and some sweet potato, but I'm here for, I'm here for the steak. Mm-hmm. 
let the stake of your conversations, if you're a vegetarian, this, this metaphor is just totally <laughs> going past you, but let the stake of your conversation be spiritual talk. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit on a rabbit trail, but I think it's so necessary. We actually go into this in the book because we say that uh, singing is a spiritual discipline. Did you know that the Did you know that Bible says that we ought to address one another in psalms and mm-hmm. hymns and spiritual songs? What does that sound like to you? That sounds like a musical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a real life. That's you, Cassidy. That's you walking in, and I go, "Praise God!" From hey, Cassidy, from whom all? And I'm singing on the podcast. I know, but I love it. It's you walking in. I'm just starting to. Hey, how are you? and if we weave song. The reason why that sounds ridiculous is because we have we have a worldly view of conversation and of in, interaction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we ought to, where, where Jesus says in Matthew twelve that you will give account for every worthless word that you speak. Mm-hmm. Every interaction holds weight, and you only have so many. This life is passing by; it's like a mist. Every single conversation has weight. Let the Holy Spirit redeem it for good in the people mm-hmm. you're talking to. Mm. And it makes me think how, when you were saying all of that, Joey, that is a body that is moving and running and active and a threat to the enemy and his schemes. Yeah. The enemy, yeah. knowing his work, and he loves dividing the body. He loves when the body sits still and is not moving. And I love thinking about constantly if we're with a brother or sister approaching that asking the spirit with expectancy what do you have for even this five minute conversation even a two minute conversation you could stir someone up in love and good works to go and show someone mercy in a way that they wouldn't have before or teach someone something from the scriptures and empowered by the holy spirit and and it can when we're thinking about these things or when we're thinking about how we're just one part of the body maybe you're a pinky toe and it it can be daunting to look at the whole body and be like how am i is this little pinky toe gonna move in in the whole entire body Mm. and that's why one, we have to look at Christ. We can't take our eyes off of him and what he can do and not limiting his power. But even just starting right now, maybe you're listening to this and and think of someone near you, that a person near you, that the spirit has been moving in their life and think about how have you considered for them to stir them up to love and and good works are you considering on behalf of your other brothers and sisters how to stir them up are you pointing out the grace of god in them just start with one part of the body and that's going to lead to the whole body moving i've seen god do it over and over and over again I've, i've seen him use just one member stepping out in faith and living more for pleasing God and, and fearing God than fearing what what other people may think and fearing God that is the fountain of life it is the fountain of life and it's going to pour water out uh, ex- it, where you are God knows he knows where you are he knows your desires and if if you're listening to this and you earnestly desire the spiritual gifts but you you feel like others around you are not earnestly desiring them well Maybe God is giving you eyes to see these things and he wants to use you to start movement across the whole body. Yeah. And that is a body that is is full of of power that is not ashamed of of kingdom power like we were talking about Joey and and Jesus he is he is worthy of this yes. like he he's worthy of us pioneering in the spiritual gifts in in different ways within our churches because He's worthy of of our efforts yeah. and of he's worthy of everything. Yeah, he is. He's that that that's where it begins. If if spiritual gifts are about all of us fulfilling our potential, nah, let's take take it or leave it. And I would even say if spiritual gifts are about helping one another, that sounds good. But again, it if you don't do that, maybe somebody else will cover it, right? But if spiritual gifts are about every single servant who has been given a gift to steward, being obligated to invest it and make a return for the master, and God wants that because First Peter four ten, to Him belong First Peter four eleven, to Him belong glory and dominion forever and ever, mm-hmm. showing the dominion of God. If that's the case, then it's not optional. 
This is this is essential. Mm-hmm. And it begins with it begins with just one person like you're talking about. This could be excuse me if it's just a terrible metaphor cuz it it has uh, annoying connotations, but I haven't been on Facebook in 10 years, 2012. Uh, end of semester, end of semester exams was where I, I called it quits <laughs> on social media. But when I, this is going to, it's going to sound like I'm a dinosaur, but when I, back when I was on Facebook, <laughs> uh, they had a feature called poking. Do you remember I, this? Is I it, remember now that. is it still, I'd imagine it's not, I, I don't even know this, but I'm, I would, I'm not going to bet, but I'm going to, I would say firmly, they don't have that feature anymore. Right. I, d- I don't think they do. Okay. Yeah. Cause no one liked it. No one liked it when it was around, but what it was essentially, it was just, you just poke people. <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there was nothing. It was, there was no functionality to it. So again, the metaphor could be totally terrible in this regard, but I think of like provoking and just a really, a really simple start. Just start with one per like just poke. I think of like poke people into power. And now, now you know why that was annoying is because like, no one has a good content. Poking is uncomfortable. I don't like when people poke me and you you want to know why I don't like when people poke me is because I notice it. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it, it, it actually jars me from my day. Like when mm-hmm. someone comes, I, it hasn't happened since like high school. Thankfully that's not a thing in society because <laughs> someone comes up and like pokes, poked me in high school. I didn't like it. It made me <laughs> uncomfortable. Right. But that I, I almost feel like it fits because you might make people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. When you come to them and say, there's something more to have in God, it's going to jar them. It's going to feel a little bit like a poke. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like that. Don't like some people will think I'm, I'm kind of good with things as is. But when you tell them, no, Ephesians one, the spirit can enlighten you to know what is the hope to which he's called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness mm-hmm. of his power? Toward those mm-hmm. who believe, are you are you walking in that? And and here's where I see a little bit of that in you. Would you fan that in flame? That can feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. That can feel like a poke. Mm-hmm. But I feel like what uh, what just came to mind was Jim Elliot. I'm I'm going to paraphrase him because I don't have the quote in front of me. But he he has this quote where he essentially says, "God, make me a fork in the road. Make me a fork in the road that when any person meets me, they have to they, they either have to walk away from Christ or they come into the kingdom." Like make me such a display of mm-hmm. your power that I'm a fork in the road. And I, I, th- I think that's so true when it comes to people knowing Jesus and it's true mm-hmm. of people in the church coming to know the power of God. Jesus mm-hmm. and Paul did not hide their power. Mm-hmm. Jesus, he healed one person on a side road, but then he performed a miracle in front of thousands. Yes, Paul prayed in tongues in private, but he also cast out a demon in the middle of the streets. Mm-hmm. God does not want us to hide the light that he's given us. Display it, mm-hmm. bring mm-hmm. it out, mm-hmm. like fan it into flame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And through that, yes, it's going to make some people uncomfortable. But you're going to be a fork in the road where people, people when they meet you, they're going to have to decide. Okay, I can't unsee the power of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. I can't unsee the truth, the reality, the experience that the kingdom is not a matter of talk but mm-hmm. of power. Mm-hmm. And now, as I'm walking away, I have to decide: Am I going to go on in my life burying my gift, or am I going to respond to the call of the Master mm-hmm. and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and invest? Be a fork in the road. And it starts, we, we have to end where Paul gives first importance. It starts with love. Mm-hmm. Love is never pitted in the scriptures against spiritual gifts. It's mm-hmm. not comparing love with the gifts. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, pursue love and, not but, and in the overflow of love, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. So as you're poking, as you're provoking, you might be tempted towards cynicism. You might be tempted toward impatience. You might be tempted toward um, arrogance and criticism toward those who might, uh, you might be tempted toward arrogance and criticism to those who would get uncomfortable by you practicing. But here's my challenge to you. Make them most uncomfortable by the way you love them. Mm, that's good. Make them most uncomfortable by the way you look at them and it's almost as though you see in their soul and you you're living to make them a more faithful servant. Mm. And and if they're going to be uncomfortable, let them be uncomfortable by saying she she just won't stop encouraging me. 
She won't stop provoking me to love and good works. She won't stop telling me that the Holy, Holy Spirit has put something in me that's more than I'm experiencing right now. She just keeps loving mm. me and keeps loving me. Out love the sleepy. Mm. Out mm. love the sleepy. And by out loving the sleepy, you bring the body into active movement. Mm. That's where I would end in terms mm. of an encouragement. But Cassidy, I would love for the final word to come from you in this series. You've been... Cassie, you have been so faithful. I, at uh, beginning of this series, I told Cassie because she did the dream series. I just told her, like, sister, you you clearly have a teaching exhortation gift. Uh, you have gift in prophetic, but I have a, a teaching gift, and I just encourage her, like, speak that boldly, speak that with authority. That's what First Peter four says. If if God's given you a speaking gift, speak as one who speaks oracles of God. Peter could have said a lot of other things. That's a bold statement. If you have a speaking gift, speak as one who speaks oracles of God. And I've just seen the Holy Spirit through this whole series lead you to speak with authority and the authority mm. of God and through his word. So thank you for your faithfulness mm. in that. I would love, since you have been such a faithful steward, even through this podcast, I'd love for you to give the final word. What would you, mm. how would you encourage maybe believers who are weary? Because I'd imagine some people who are listening to this series, this isn't the start of their journey. They're in the middle of it. For someone who's right in the middle of it and they've said, I've, tr- I've tried, I don't I don't know where to go from here. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to fan into flame people who are sleepy. How would you encourage them? Mm. Uh, I I mean, I would just say keep it sounds it sounds so simple, but keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Don't take your eyes off of him because I, I think about when we keep our eyes on him. That is how we are able to run with endurance. And he is the founder and perfecter of, of our faith and his, he will show his deep and deep and deep affection for you as you keep your eyes fixed on him. And he knows any weariness you have, any tiredness you have, and he, he wants to carry you and he wants to love you through that and continue to show you the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness uh, towards you. Um, so that would be, that would be my encouragement and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts Um God, he loves his bride and he loves seeing his children be thrilled over the gifts that he gives and walking in them and practicing them. Um, He's just amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Hesitation, brothers and sisters, hesitation is the breeding ground of fear when it comes to following the Holy Spirit. The longer you wait, it's like, it's like the longer you wait, the more you're creaking, creaking open the door inch by inch for the enemy to come in and say, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. What the first and second servant did in the parable of the talents is it says when they got the, got the investment, the stewardship, they went at once Mm -hmm. and invested. Mm -hmm. If I have any final encouragement, um, I did, I told you, you would have the final encouragement and look what I'm doing. I'm giving the final encouragement. I actually have one more encouragement. That'd be my encouragement for you is go at once. Mm-hmm. Do something. Mm-hmm. Go, go and sow. Mm-hmm. That's the only way you're going to mm-hmm. grow. The only way you're going to grow mm-hmm. by sowing. Mm-hmm. It's the only way. So would you go and just practice? Even if you're if you're thinking, I don't even know exactly what my gift is. You can go back to the episode. We have a whole chapter on discerning your gift. But God will give more and more discernment as you listen to Him and mm-hmm. obey Him. Mm-hmm. So would you go follow the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit? Mm-hmm. That's a, a proven method for abundant life. Mm-hmm. Just follow the Holy Spirit. That's all for this episode and this series. Again, the book is livefull.org slash book and pick up a copy, read it with a group, read it solo. But if you're going to read it solo, practice it with a group. And that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time.